Welcome to Probably Science. I'm Matt Kirshen. I'm Jesse Case going second. I'm Andy Wood pulling up in third. Nice. Nice. Oh, one of the slickest starts we've had so far, I think. That was Absolutely. Really... No, we really, we knew, we knew the order. We, uh, we crushed it, guys. Um, um, I feel like we could wrap it up, you know? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, good? we could do, but just before we do that, I think we should introduce our guest. Just to say goodbye uh, with, to wrap it up with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just before we, just before we roll credits. But... Hi, bye. My name is Anna. <laughs> yeah, that is the voice of very funny comedian Anna Valenzuela. Valenzuela, wow. You got it right. You got it right. Yeah. It's it's a hard name for the colonial tongue. I get it. <laughs> uh, the, <laughs> um, okay. The colonial tongue is my college nickname as well. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'm, uh, I'm just imagining you like kicking down the door tonight to your lovely lady and being like, from now on, you will call me the colonial tongue. Blow a, a hunting on. trumpet first. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And your, your tricorn hat. <laughs> or do you go or do you go like uh, sort of like more like khaki piff helmet? <laughs> sort of bedroom thing. Yeah, like I, I like uh, Boat yeah, like, or something. Or it just very, you took your bloody time. <laughs> very historically accurate role playing is would be funny. Like, like you know, like two historians. So like it annoys them too much if it's inaccurate. If there's any like, <laughs> like all right, inaccurate. babe. In order to get this role play on, one of us is going to have to get syphilis. Yeah. <laughs> oh, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um all right all right well yeah we crushed it guys yeah good episode we did it good episode but um let's do a little bit of bonus time as well for our okay. listeners <laughs> a, all right, bonus, a bonus 65 minutes yeah let's do it yeah <laughs> it's anna and i gigged together last night it was a lot of fun uh, and that's how i managed to steal her for this podcast today very very funny comic and also someone with a large number of ridiculous jobs. We should get that out of the way at the beginning. Yes. <laughs> what? Uh, what do you mean? What's going on? I only knew you as a comic. I didn't. I wasn't aware that you. Oh, like, that I've had so many. So okay. So before I started stand up, I worked for ten years in drug and alcohol treatment, and there's okay. a ton of jokes about that. Ton of stuff about that. Mostly just. Um, had urine thrown at me um okay and uh had to check bags for drugs have i narcan someone yes i have um mm. sure also let's see um, well let's back I, hold on no not sorry i'm not trying to kill momentum here no let's yeah, back no. it up what uh so you worked so it was like an inpatient yeah i worked at an inpatient treatment facility um okay. how the urine they, get uh, were you like the checker like the yes Yes, okay. I've seen thousands of people pee. It's sure. very weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sure. So, Same as my old job. Totally different. Yeah. What totally did you different. do? Edited porn. No, I'm kidding. Oh, um, hey. I, oh, I walked uh, into that. Um, you did. You walked right in there. Um, <laughs> like a slash of pee to the face. Yep, yep. Anyway. That's uh, right. <laughs> so wait, you have to, like, for the purposes of, like, veracity, you have to see it leaving someone's body, I assume, right? Yes. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because so otherwise you'll sneak in a little... People are tricky. People are tricky. Exactly. People. We had multiple trainings about the possibility of how to sneak uh, urine in <laughs> through the human body, and it oh was always insane. Um, so, do you of... feel like you're also well versed in it if you had to do it yourself? 
I could, but also it's just easier to pee in the cup and also cleaner. You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. I would hate to wet your pants with old pee. That's the weird part, right? Like that would be like, oops, spill on aisle, uh, felony. I have no idea, but it's still, it's still crazy. Um, right. Just immediately smells like ammonia. Yes. (laughs) Yes. There's in every inpatient treatment program in Los Angeles, there is a closet that just smells like hot pneumonia at all times. (laughs) Yeah. Real gross. Yeah. Uh, I I uh, did not edit porn, but I did work at a hospital for a while, and there is like the major piss closet, piss lab situation yes. happening, and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah it's yes. pretty brutal. It's yeah, pretty it's brutal. pretty. Yeah, you open it and you're like, Ooh, when is um, when is Quest Labs coming by? Please, please, sure, love God. <laughs> um, sure. I also might have said ammonia trauma? instead of ammonia, so here we are. Uh, so we're doing great. Um, let's see, uh, and then currently. I do some very weird stuff. Um, I work at a JCC as kind of like a security guard. I like watch the cameras. What's a JCC? It's like a YMCA, but Jewish? Yes, exactly. Um, oh, really? And yes. I've never heard of this. I've never heard yes. of the JCC. N- nor have I, and I'm Jewish. Is there a dance that accompanies it? Yes, there's all <laughs> kinds of facilities. Oh my gosh, you would, especially if you want to have kids, you should involve yourself. Well, we'll talk off, we'll talk off pod. Um, but uh, it's, it's, I'm grateful for the job. It pays well. It's pretty easy, but it's not a lot of hours. So what does it have to do with wanting to have kids? What's happening? Because they have like uh, kids programs and like oh, okay. and stuff. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought and, I thought you were like you can get laid down there. Yeah, you like, can that definitely was, get. <laughs> if you you can spread your seed, get it. Um, find more of the chosen. Um, yeah, it's just... <laughs> and so uh, that's really fun because it's the only place I've ever worked out where nobody has mentioned my curly hair or asked me if I am Jewish. They assume that I am, which I'm not. <laughs> which is always fun. Um, and then I also work at a mall owned by an evil billionaire where I conduct tours and drive an actual trolley. Whoa. Wait. Is it, <laughs> what? Yes. It will not be named. You said a mall owned by a billionaire? Yeah, a mall It's pretty easy to read an... between the lines. If they were like... There's a trolley. You think about oh, oh, malls. I forgot about... Okay, I forgot about yeah. local well, politics in the last couple of years in LA. Yes. Yeah, there right. are two yes. of them. Um, but yes, I, I, I work at one of them and, uh, it is, uh, insane. And, uh, when it rains and I can't operate the trolley, I work in the parking office learning about the human condition. Sure. <laughs> so it's been a wild ride and it's a lot of, it's too hard to explain in a set. I'm just like, I do a lot of dumb jobs <laughs> and yeah. then I just start telling the story. I love it. Mm. Is there a oh. license? Do you have to? Is there a certification process for trolley operation? Yeah, great question. I am a trolley certified. I am. I am certified. Yes. Now, does yeah. that? Does that? Do you have to get sort of like rebarred if you go to another state to operate a trolley? I might have to get rebarred by another company. So, for example, like if uh, are the company that we contract through, they also do forklift certificates. Okay. <laughs> Because it's kind of like driving a forklift. I'm not right. going to lie. Right. Um, but it is like we're insured as a train. And um, it's just a very tiny train that can only go eight miles an hour at best. But we only do like two. Because people, I cannot stress how many people see a train at a mall and they're like, ooh, is that a tiny train in an enclosed space? I should walk directly into it. Yeah. <laughs> 
literally their favorite thing in the world to do. It is so funny. So when I'm on mic, I'm just like, guys, it's a real train. It's an actual train. And I always want to tell them about, there's a very funny comedian named Danielle Perez, who was uh, hit by a San Francisco train. Yeah, we know. We know her. Yeah, yeah. yeah very famously. Friend of the I... show, Danielle Perez. Yeah. Exactly. And I always want to tell them, like, you guys have no idea what could happen. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you uh, do you have to wear a conductor hat? Oh, I have to wear a ridiculous uniform, which is great because I've seen many a comedian and television writer I know walking around the mall and they can't recognize me because I look like a uh, I look like a trolley clown. Basically, I'm wearing a little hat and I've got it's like it's like one of those like it feels like a military hat or like yeah. like um, the way like. I don't want to say Nazi hat, but it definitely has a German feel to it. <laughs> it's not like the gingham and right. matching overalls sort of train. Operating no. any train has a German feel to it. Um, <laughs> it really does. If you're on time, it does, yeah. Hey, um, and uh, yeah, so it's very like, yeah, no, it's not like fun overalls. I'm wearing like a three-piece right. suit in the heat. And they also clearly didn't anticipate a woman doing the job. So they didn't, they don't make, I wear like a half of, a, it's clearly a cobbled together uniform of like women's valet clothes with <laughs> just dressed up to look like a trolley uniform. And it's, it's a, it's a bummer because I want belt loops. I'm like, just give me the men's pants. That's all I want. <laughs> so yeah, it's a, it's an incredibly stupid job, but it's fun. And I'm basically doing warm up sets all day, like family friendly warm up sets and making jokes. Sure. And it's incredibly stupid. I roast, I roast capitalism five minutes at a time. Yeah. <laughs> it's ballsy. I couldn't, it's, yeah, it's like I've seen enough tapings of shows that have warm up comics and I'm like, God, that's the hardest version of comedy. I, can't imagine having the well especially i just feel like when you're driving like you're just faced away from the crowd uh they're behind yes. you in a single file like it's very hard to tell if you're doing well i well i'm not driving and talking at the same time so it's a two-person operation so one person Ooh. stands at the back because we have to make sure another really common problem is people because it's such a slow moving train they want to get on it as you go by and legally we can't have them do that because also people are incredibly clumsy and stupid and right. the joke amongst all of the employees at the place where i work is welcome to blank mall nobody reads like right. nobody reads nobody sees a sign nobody knows how to do anything and so they just get in there and their brains are so inundated it's that um that study that psychological study from the 90s about like how people's stress levels were affected by uh, Kinko's. They would go into Kinko's and try to operate the machines and just lose their minds. And so, I did not know this. I didn't know that either. What's going on here? What, so what, what would happen? About? So yeah. So what? I, it would instead of like creating like um, it would create uh, a lot of like stress for in the brain. So they would get into tunnel vision because they were so afraid of breaking the machines that pretty much people's interactions with this mall from start to finish, from getting their parking ticket to parking, to going places, to getting on the trolley, to like doing everything. They're around all this like sound and motion and, and all this advertising that's designed to make them spend their money. Also, the there's a, a fountain that dances to the music like the Bellagio Hotels fountain. It was designed by the same people. So they're literally getting like a Vegas level of overstimulation. Right. So naturally they're gonna like 
slack jawed wander into a moving train you know what right. i mean like <laughs> they're just I, right. I get i relate to this yeah yeah and so so yeah so we have to just remind people like even though like physically you can hop on and off of it at a certain speed we trust no one to maintain their balance or stability because legally they would you know fall and break a leg and then that'd be that'd be a wrap for the trolley so right uh, and then it's like also if something happened to the train it'd be like the world's cutest oil spill or something you you know be like an adorable they have an adorable hazmat situation like exactly just like toddlers everywhere um but like no one's hurt because we weren't going that fast right um yeah no it actually they had a derailment uh before i got there and they don't even say the word like my boss goes we don't say the d word and i was like dick and he was like no Wow. Yeah. So uh, that's <laughs> like, why. He's like, I only talk about cock, actually. Exactly. No, derailment. <laughs> now yes. I'm going to keep talking about dicks. Yeah. Yes. Did anyone get some good derailment last night? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> of course you did colonial tongue. Yeah, colonial tongue knows what's up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for the spices. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what are you, every man on Bumble right now? Get out of here. <laughs> oh, I love that. So, so yeah, so that's the job. And it's really weird. I had to learn more about, like, because um, uh, it's also a, can I tell you another random fact about this thing? It is powered by 60 12-volt rechargeable batteries. Hmm. 60. 60. I thought it was a joke. And then I was like reading because I had to take like a certification test, and I was like, "What? Are there really that amount?" Of- <laughs> so I always my joke is like, "We're because there's a Tesla dealership there." I'm like, you know, we're just like Tesla, except for we didn't ruin Twitter, and you know, three parents laugh, and I get to live my life. So sure, it's, yeah, it's an incredibly dumb job. I would um, think that one larger battery that's rechargeable would be the thing to do. Um, it's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, there are parts on the thing that can't be replaced because they're over 100 years old. Like the, um, yeah, like the charging port um, off the like gigantic electrical box that it charges with. And yes, we do have to plug it in to charge like an iPhone every night. It's pretty great. Um, But yeah, it's, you had to learn about like, you know, it has to be um, between 400 and you know 480 volts when you know all these things and we have to we have to make sure that it has enough psi to stop and it's it's extremely strange uh, getting like antique parts replaced is a fucking nightmare um yeah yeah you have to like find like uh, fabrication facilities and Mm -hmm. it's it like get a mold made it can be like it sucks it sucks i've done it and it sucks Ooh, when did um, you do that? That sounds interesting. I used uh, Andy remembers because we lived together. I used to like <laughs> repair typewriters, you know. What? And um, yeah, it was real stupid. You real must be very stupid. You and, must be very popular with women with glasses, like thick horn rim glasses. You know. Well, that's just on account on of chains. the vision loss. Yeah, yeah that's because they can't <laughs> see me very well. So I do better with them. For those reasons, <laughs> like um, like wispy silver lake ladies who like I only type on a typewriter. No, I uh, it, see. This is a weird thing, right? I I uh, I don't enjoy the typewriter community. Um, <gasps> I I like the typewriter enthusiasts that are like 
like for instance, right? The typewriter repair internet community is still done through Yahoo. It's like super old men. Wow. I'm like the youngest guy in the typewriter group, you know? Um, wow. But no, the like Los Feliz, like, like uh, it's it's all ridiculously overpriced. Like people buy them because they want to feel like they're in a Wes Anderson movie and yes. <laughs> pay like two thousand dollars for something that's worth fifty bucks. Like people yes. people forget that typewriters were mass produced. So like, like the quality wasn't. Well, no, the quality the quality's great, but it's like they're as common as like a MacBook. You know, you know, so yeah. someone I'll see ads all the time that are like four hundred dollars for like a nineteen fourteen Royal Tin typewriter that's broken and it and and it's like okay, well that's yes, it is it is very old, but they made two million of them. Right, but it's a question of if one million nine hundred ninety nine thousand of those were thrown away, then uh, I get why that has value. So try, try throwing it away, Andy. Try throwing it away. You can't throw yeah, them what, away. Where um, do you recycle that thing? Yeah, what do you do with it? What do you even do with it? Um, I would just go up to the frolic room and go, "Which one of you guys was uh, Bukowski's biggest fan? Take this typewriter and then run away." Funny story about that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I uh yeah yeah I I uh I I sold an acquaintance of Matt uh I I sold them one of his old typewriters. It's very weird. You can have the But you sold I'm sorry. You had one of Charles Bukowski's old typewriters? Yeah, I had an old Hermes 3000. Of course you did. Oh, you don't mean the original Wait, you mean an actual one he used No, it was no, the it was actual model. actual his old typewriter cuz he would he would constantly pawn his typewriters and, and to yeah. buy booze and then when he would make more money he'd go buy them back so he had like thousands of typewriters and there's um there's a pretty good like serial number list and you can find a Bukowski typewriter much like a Hemingway cat um, they're not worth it <laughs> you know both have too many toes there's too many toes going on <laughs> they wind up in Florida um anyway man my fucking point is that in, if you don't have a replacement parts machine so if you're gonna repair typewriters what you do is like generally it takes about five shitty typewriters of the same model to get a mint condition like it's fresh out of the factory same one right oh you, you have to buy like, like five five different like parts machines and just like find the best of those parts in that machine and replace it and then you have your like mint condition refurbished one right so that's like part of what you calculate into the price sometimes you can't sometimes those parts are like always gone it's like a weird uh, a weird lever that's missing every time and you just have to have it fabricated somewhere and especially on uh, there's old typewriters called the Oliver and like the same <laughs> the same small part the same like type bar shield is missing on like every Oliver nine typewriter. Uh, is everyone listening? Turn yes. on. I, was, uh, I, I thought every- I lost him at the hot trolley talk. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> is, everyone, is everyone into this? Huh? Loving it. Um, Loving it. Anyway, so you have to have them fabricated and then you have to have it nickel plated. It's a fucking night. It's like who plates it nickel anymore. It's a nightmare. <laughs> That's my point. So, I understand. No, I love this. I could have this conversation with you for like three hours. I I understand why it would be such a nightmare is my point, (laughs) but it can be done. So if you're, if you're constantly talking about Dick boss ever says we can't replace that, you say, yes, we can. Yes, we can. But it has to be a custom. 
It would be yeah. a custom job and it would be right. thousands of dollars. Exactly. So, so yeah. it's ultimately not worth it. But yes. Exactly. I, I get it. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have point. to dance. He makes money moves. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, I've made tens of dollars doing that. So it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. And, uh, you know, there's a reason they're obsolete. That's that's my point. Um, <laughs> so, Anna, aside yes. from aside from trolley driving and the battery and history contained within, yeah. we like to ask our guests before we get started on the stories, what, if anything, is your background in science? And this that's ranged from classes you liked or hated to blowing stuff up in the woods with your friends or whatever. Okay, this is going to crack you up. Okay, because it is, listen, I'm going to fail the Bechdel test right now. Um, <laughs> when I was a, a 20-year-old gal, fresh-faced, you know, uh, I met a, I met the other ethnic person in my tiny small town from Northern California, and uh, he was getting his PhD in microbiology, and together we moved down here to Southern California, where we both figured out that they're... Where the germs are. Where the germs are. Exactly. He was a virologist. And um, and so we moved down here so he could get his PhD program. I am so good at sending a nerd through grad school. It's like... <laughs> My, 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 honestly, my, my, I, my, my vagina needs like a grant program. Um, so many men I've dated have gone through grad school <laughs> successfully making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, uh, without me. It's great. Um, yeah, doing great. But yeah, so we used to like, if you date a scientist and, and granted, I've always liked science. Um, yes, I have heard of the trolley problem. In fact, um. <laughs> well, actually, it's a lot of well, actually, energy. Holy shit! Um, but uh, yeah, no, I um, I always liked science growing up, and um, but because uh, I was doing my own science experiments between the ages of thirteen and twenty, doing like acid and partying, <laughs> um, I got my GED. Um, did perform very well on the science portion of that. So I, I do, that is a, a point of pride. Um, not that it matters. It's literally a, you know, a certificate that says I can drive a trolley. And um, so, so yeah, so we lived together and I actually read most of his like posters for symposiums and like his papers and stuff because he always wanted to make sure it was readable to like the lay people. Um, I know he sounds like such a windbag. I did run into him <laughs> recently and he looks feral. If you are <laughs> listening right now, please, the ex, you know who you are. Shave that beard. You can't grow a beard. You couldn't grow a beard. You're starting to look like Ted Kaczynski. No one's telling you this. Please he looks like a virologist. Like it sounds he like he looks, looks like a virologist. Yes, exactly. He looks all, like a virologist yeah. who has three in one shampoo, no conditioner. <laughs> you know, just nobody's being like, "Hey, bro, let's talk about the aesthetics of this," because you do have to walk into an office sometimes. Right. Um, I get <laughs> so, it. I get it. Well, one of the three is conditioner. To be fair. To be fair, yeah, that yes. Both. But if it's conditioner that also cleans your butthole, what's it conditioning? <laughs> Wait, what's a three-in-one? I've heard oh, of two-in-one. 
three-in-one shampoo is a kind of all-over soap like a dr bronner's they sell one at like trader joe's i think pert makes one but it is a a favorite of the male comedian especially the kind of guy who only washes his hair and then just lets the water trickle down his body okay um (laughs) <laughs> and then just sort of hopes for the best, you know, right. and doesn't understand why every woman he's ever dated has gotten a UTI. So, like, <laughs> like, uh, oh, yeah. that's, yeah, that's, like, very much the, the energy uh, he was serving. But I will say, too, he was very cleanly. I will give him this. He was like, if you want to, if you want to date a compulsive hand washer or a, um, a uh, forever condom user. Uh, yeah, virology. Vir- yeah, virology. Yeah, yeah. virologist. Yeah. Exactly. That's a person who literally, like, his his research was like mostly in, um, like, his labs while we were together were like TB, AIDS, uh, herpes. Um, he did have a great story about a Russian lab mate who dealt with a contamination problem by just spraying antibiotic all over the lab killing years of research (laughs) so yeah so there was a lot of like also one thing if you're a science nerd or you have like a science nerd fetish which clearly i do i don't try to but you know it happened so (laughs) if you are a nerd i will tell you when you go to the lab it is not westworld it is not what you think it looks like i mean honestly the the meth lab in breaking bad much cleaner than what you're going to see. It's a lot of tinfoil. There's always like that one person who's not allowed to touch like the chemical disposal thing because they're putting the wrong chemicals in and blew off their eyebrows once. Like it's not the slick Jetsons world you're looking for. It's, it's a, it's primates doing science with dangerous materials. You know what I'm saying? That's anything where you, any, I think anytime, so much of what we assume those environments are are because of set designers that have never been yes. in that environment. Exactly. So, like, like uh, I remember, and and Andy, like, we both lived in the Pacific Northwest. Like, I would always meet people that work for Boeing, <laughs> yeah, and it it made me like afraid to fly. Like, I thought this this is going to be people like in. You know, like, who makes the planes? Probably people in lab coats, probably. And, nope. you know, nope. it's just some guy like, I glue the fucking wings on. And I'm just exactly. like, Jesus, dude. Like, <laughs> it's My, horrible. I have a um, I have a family member who works for um, a, an aeronautics company. And I was telling him I bought this. I never have a problem sitting in the middle seat because I have a, a airplane like pillow that that attaches to the seat and he said oh i guess you're uh, planning to break your neck in the event of an emergency and i was like oh <laughs> oh grim uh you think we're gonna make it that's cute uh, right yes oh other science stuff too um just a host of being a human being with some pretty uh weird well, well, lady productive ch- pro- problems oh yeah sorry sorry yeah no 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 i was just gonna say like i've just had a lot of like health issues that have ended up in my stand-up i talk about all the time but um trying to get a hysterectomy you know what i'm saying oh uh, yeah, yeah. let's eat this you don't apologize it was never working um right love kids could never make them and i've discovered i shouldn't have them anyway i just lost a cable and held you guys up for 20 minutes how are you gonna keep a child <laughs> no i mean it's like does does the feral looking ex know that have you told him like dude you didn't need to wrap that shit mm-hmm. like you know what i'm saying have you no no because he he was wrapping it 
Uh, I've actually dated, I don't know if you guys have ever had this happen, but um, have you ever dated anybody who always uses condoms because they're afraid of the potential of like a disease? Well, no, of course. I mean, yeah, that's, I think that's what they're mainly for. But no, Um, like diseases that they, even though they've had tests, like it's more of an, it's more of an anxiety thing, really. It's like, even though they've had the tests... Was he worried he'd catch a novel virus off you? Like, was he like, she looks like she is patient zero of... To be fair, I did give him swine flu because I was working at at treatment. (laughs) And those (laughs) little fuckers gave me swine flu. (laughs) Um, But, uh, yes, I think it could have been in either direction. I think for him, it was probably he was afraid he might give me something i know for other people i've dated it's a constant pervasive anxiety fear of getting something without their knowledge right hmm. but this has come up a couple of times in my dating history where, where you've like, been where you've been like you can just totally goof in the snooch and then they're like i can't goof in the snooch yeah but well also i know you're too- romantic you speak you do romance exactly talk, you know? listen before you come in this dumpster you do i mean there has to be some communication and right. also like that's like a whole other thing that's like relationship dynamics right so you have to have like communication around like right. are you sleeping the, with other people? they have to be like how often is the dumpster is this yeah. Is this dumpster exclusive to this business or multiple businesses? Yeah. Do multiple businesses at this mall use the same dumpster? Oh, man. You brought it right back to the mall and you're so right. We have one dumpster that catches all the grossness. Right. Um, And it's like, is it is it that type of dumpster or is this like specific to this job? I will say I'm a 40 year old woman who is. Uh, if you're asking me specifically, I will say if the word relationship is on the table, of course, it's an exclusive dumpster. But if it's not, you know, then like, yeah, we gonna wrap that because we can't just be raw dog and trash into the into the bin. You know, right. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's more of a recycling bin sort of yes, situation you exactly know. it does come out a little more like yes like a well-washed recycling bin yeah not like a recycling catch, bin. right yeah. like we can raw dog if it's 3 p.m on a tuesday but anytime after that you know what i'm saying like <laughs> it's like how you week, don't order like, the chowder on whichever day right, of the week right yeah Wendy's exactly. or the chili or, yeah, yeah yeah exactly right. exactly but it was really funny to like be in a like there were so many weird because medical doctors just tell you anything right and so like one of the um like one of the super cute bedside manner moments from one of the doctors was like well uh looking at the size of your fibroids here it looks like uh you've never been able to have children and i was like cool and he was like how long have you been on birth control i was like 15 i was a hoe my parents got on top of that early <laughs> so i think so the window all that wasted uh, money and hormone fucking around with your system when it was completely unneeded yes but you know what's hilarious about that is now the treatment for uh maintaining the fibroid size keeping me stable while i wait for surgery and also i've developed early onset menopause isn't that fun um (laughs) part of the one percent baby of women whose uteruses are running out of their bodies um so uh so yeah so part of that is i have to take birth control again so (laughs) so that's exciting (laughs) i know i know 
just to get get into the science some more, and because I've never Googled this, what exactly yeah. is a fibroid? I've heard uh, of uh, fibroids. I thought you were going to go way but, different with that. Oh. Yeah, welcome what to What is a vagina? What is a vagina? <laughs> well, Where is that. the clitoris? Where is it? Okay, so a fibroid is a, um, it is basically, um, an, I believe another comic referred to them as non-rare Pokemon. So they're basically tumors that are not cancerous. So it's right. like, it's it's not a cyst. It is tumor material. It's tumor cells, but they are not cancerous. And um, more women of color get them than not women of color. So like uh, black women have the highest category of fibroids and then Latino women, Asian women, and then white women. So the like the research necessity, I hate to say it, due to just like the way the world works, is there's not it does, it's not going to kill you, but it does erode your quality of life and does limit your reproduction. Which, and uh, you know, they had to bring it up, colonizers. I think that's kind of the goal sometimes, right? And so that was so so they don't a hundred percent know where they come from. Right. Um, they're super common. And um, the ones that I grow are on the inside of my uterus. You can get them on the inside. You can get them on the outside. They can twist inside of your body, causing pain, bleeding, and outbreak, like like right. like all kinds of weird stuff. And um, but the ones I grew were about the size of two grapefruits and too heavy to cut with a laser. What? Yeah. So they had been in my body for so long that they were incredibly dense. And right. I I have a joke about um, how like getting this procedure done at a teaching hospital, they, um, they asked a bunch of, they asked me if med students could feel my tumors. I'm not gonna do the joke, but they basically had to all give me a pelvic. So there was like five students giving me like a pelvic exam. So they're, you know, finger banging. For, sure. You know for the books and um and so it was interesting because you could feel them like you could feel them through my my body i could like press them um through right. like my stomach and feel them and i had those for about i got surgery on those in gosh i was 37 and then i had about a year of pretty normal living and then they started to come back um and then it became fighting with the doctors about them actually coming back because they don't want to like believe you really so i hope i'm not grossing you guys out no not at all but it was really it was really uh it was like a scary time because i was also anemic i had my period for a year you can do that and not die which is fun um it is very funny because there's like a certain amount of bleeding that sends you into the er but when you once you get to the er the doctors are like hey you're still walking and talking so Unless someone's going to shoot you in the parking lot, we can't admit you. And so, like... so this this is actually this this is weird. So like yeah. I, I'm a, a, a cancer guy. My ass tried to kill me once. Oh no, colon cancer! No, I know, I know. It was, uh, it was gnarly, but the the way that it was sort of diagnosed is because I and it was same fighting with medical and all that, yeah. right? Because yeah. um, great care, long waits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Well, no, I mean, I was so I was basically going to like strip mall clinics trying to figure out <laughs> oh, what's no. going on, you know. And the yeah, I didn't know that, of course, at the time um, about anemia. Like it turns out, yeah, 
they first realized like, oh, this guy might need like a colonoscopy. Like I was 29. So like this, this could be something horrible. But my blood work was so fucked up because I like, I guess your bone marrow doesn't produce more blood if you lose so little of it daily that Mm -hmm. your body like doesn't notice. So I was, I was losing like three drops of blood a day, just, you know, where it wasn't even like visible to me or whatever. Um, and then I just had like, my blood count was so low. Yeah. Uh, do they still check your, do they still check your blood count? They still yeah, they check, check everything constantly. Yeah. I had yeah. a colonoscopy, like I, and it's also at a teaching hospital. It's just like 30 dudes looking at my butthole. Like it's, uh, yeah, I feel like Amazing. an Instagram model in Dubai or something. I, I, I bet we're both in a medical textbook. Like I, you can always tell when you're going to be like in someone's paper because so many doctors will come and see you. Like I had after my surgery, I had so many baby doctors coming in to like take a look. I think the surgeon must have sat, shouted down the hall like, hey, I took a basketball out of that lady with a camera. You want to see? <laughs> oh, and, right. Like, yeah. She Mine, was so well, mine's like unrelated to the condition, though. Like I was in Weird Dick Monthly. Um, they wrote oh hell yeah. yeah! You know what? I thought your dick sounded familiar, so that was <laughs> it. Was weird, uh, guys. Speaking of weird dicks, <laughs> I feel so bad. There are two other people in this podcast. They're just like no, no. two people. No, no, we're, about we're segueing. Weird jobs we're do- no, we're doing a medical problem. No, we're doing a classic segue. We're doing a classic segue. <laughs> a classic yeah, probably there, science segue. There, yeah, there are two very, um, I mean, two very serious stories about. Uh, the romantic life of monkeys and other primates. One of which was se- one of which was sent in by friend by listener to the show Sam Steele, and one I found with my own two hands. But uh, yeah, should we should we start with the space one? Sure. Let's yeah. Because China plans to spe- send monkeys to space to a space station to have sex with each other. This is in futurism.com. Um, yeah. Chinese scientists are reportedly planning to send monkeys to its new uh, Tiangong space station for experiments that will involve them animals mating and potentially reproducing. It's uh, it's fascinating. It's a fascinating and potentially controversial experiment that could have major implications for our efforts to colonize space. Can mammals, let alone humans, successfully reproduce beyond the Earth? According to the report, the experiment would take place in the station's largest capsule. Oh, so they're going to give them some space. Yeah, Wentian yeah. inside two biological test cabinets that can be expanded. When they're horny, yep. they uh, <laughs> when they're horny. <laughs> um, after examining the behavior of smaller creatures, quote, uh, some studies involving mice and macaques will be carried out to see how they grow or even reproduce in space, says Zhang Lu, who's researcher at the Chinese Academy of Sciences in Beijing. And these experiments will help improve our understanding of an organism's adaptation to microgravity and other space environments. Simpler trying... organism. Yeah, go for it. Go ahead. I was going to no. say they're trying to make sure that the expanse doesn't happen, where like you have people who have like elongated bone structures, maybe, or like I don't. Have you I mean, yeah, so much could cells? go wrong yeah. with the pregnancy and zero gravity. Like, yeah. So your grapefruits would fly right the fuck out of there. Oh It'd my be god! A, thank God. Oh. I know, right? <laughs> I could have shot them out. Just like I would have, if you had told me to go to space, I would have been like. Absolutely. If that's going to shoot those bitches out, hell yeah. What a sh- I would have shot them back at China is what I would have done. I would have been like, ah, uh, friendly fire. Anyway. Um, hmm. But. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I knew, we knew this was coming. Like, 
people are going to have to bang up there, right? At some point with, with enough space travel. Yeah, I mean, just try and stop them. Question. <laughs> How do we know that hasn't happened? It has for sure. Like, I know that they're monitored at all times, like physically and, and like camera wise. But wait, like, can you get erect in space? I don't know why you wouldn't be able to. Your blood's pumping everywhere in your body. Yeah. Or maybe, it it, would, do you think you have more more boners? Probably, because there's I would no almost, resistance. Well, I would think, like, the, the you know how you have, um, you see, it looks like people are always, like, uh, straining to push out a turd when you see yeah. footage of, just because, like, your face, <laughs> your face veins uh, standing up on Earth, gravity is keeping our blood a little lower in our body and our heart has to pump to get it up to your head. But without that, your face is just always looking more flushed with blood. So, like... I guess yeah. the counter argument to that would be like gravity isn't pushing everything downstairs on its own as much, but like your heart's still pumping. I think you could still. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I just mean your limbs, if your limbs are less influenced by gravity, maybe you'd have a crazy uh, space boner. I don't know. What if you your limbs are less influenced by. <laughs> you just casually mentioned veiny space shits and didn't, and just, it like, just kept going. <laughs> You were like, you know how people be straining in space. You, know, you see footage like, of like, what? you see no, footage of an astronaut on, on camera. It yeah. looks like their their neck veins and head and forehead veins are bulging as if they're, as if they're like bearing down. And it's like, no, that's just because gravity isn't keeping blood. That's out what of their space heads. does to you. You look like that all the time. Like, look like you're just <laughs> popping. We have very up. different searches on. on no, the anytime internet. you've seen someone in space, you've never noticed their for, their veins and their face and neck are like. Oh, you're just their vascular. Okay, this yeah. is their vascular. You never done a Google image search for veiny astronauts. <laughs> a veiny spaceman? You've never, you never searched for a veiny spaceman? Oh, veiny spaceman! When you're getting, getting bored on the trolley, you don't whip out the old, the old smartphone. Oh yeah, nothing, nothing says that's a veiny space boner on the trolley. That is, ooh, that's exactly where I want to be. That's, um, an El- that's an Elton John B side, I think. Veiny, veiny spaceman. spaceman, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, 73. That was a great, yeah. great record. Great yeah. record. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I interrupted the rest of the story, but I had no, to just, that, like, ask. That's entirely like, what this show is, so don't yes, apologize yes. for that. So <laughs> more complex life forms have struggled because they've tried the nematode. They've tried yeah. the Japanese rice fish, right? But in 2014, a Russian experiment to see whether geckos could um, uh, successfully reproduce in space or, or produce offspring, uh, it failed when all the geckos died. Um, the I clicked on that link just to see, like, did they fail to reproduce? Did they f- die while fucking? Like, no, they just froze to death on the way up. So that wasn't yeah. like, proof they couldn't reproduce. It was just yeah, you right. gotta, that's a tropical lizard, my friends. You got to yeah. keep them bad. The Russians more. have been notoriously uh, horrible with sending animals to space. It's just yes. never. But I think they send them fine. It's just the. Uh, right. Yes. They don't yeah, come back enough. so good. Fair enough. <laughs> yes, the getting them back situation. Yeah. I don't think it's really in the budget uh, <laughs> to get them back. The, the failure rate for mammals so far has been total. Soviet Union scientists got mice to mate during a space flight in 1979, but none of them gave birth after being returned to Earth. Weird. Um, Interesting. So what if what if Earth is a becomes a nursery planet? Like we all move to the stars, right? We're all living on a little asteroid and because uh, rent's just so high, you can't even live on Mars, right? right? So like you're living on a little asteroid and then you come back to Earth to like mate, maybe? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I a lot of animals have like mating locations, and yeah. I think that in uh, enough in the future, if there is a planet that's better for that or be- a better sort of nursery planet, I could see that happening. You know, like the way mm-hmm. turtles migrate somewhere, I could see, I could see that being the thing we do. Sure. Yeah. All right. <laughs> end end question. <laughs> <laughs> Were you expecting pushback? Everyone's like, yeah, totally, of course, obviously. No, no, obviously. I was just, no, no, I actually, I, what I was realizing is I I read so much sci-fi and watch so much anime, mostly sci-fi anime, that um, I had a lot of theories. <laughs> but I was just wondering if any of them were logical at all. Well, we're the ones to ask about that, because we definitely yes. have the expertise to yes. give an accurate answer. Um, it's, uh, in a... So the article continues, in other words, getting monkeys to reproduce on board a space station will be anything but easy. For one, just live, dealing with living creatures in space can pose immense challenges. Yeah. The astronauts will need to feed them and deal with the waste, said Kiko Lee, who's a professor well, yeah, with the School of Medicine at Tishanga University. As if, uh, that doesn't happen on, as if that doesn't happen on Earth. But like, yeah, yeah, but unlike, on Earth, you can like at least like, lock them in a cage or something. Like You're not like, stuck in a, in a weightless capsule with yeah, two, two like, I'm horny monkeys. I'm just imagining the panda bear nursery videos from China and like all the just if you ever watch those it's like real cute it's like one person versus like 10 little panda bears that are just making their lives so hard it's like real adorable <laughs> and um and so like i'm imagining that but in space just like the panda bear is just like knocking over just everything important you know all the oxygen's flying out you know that kind of thing yeah i just like do you reckon like I don't know how well a monkey would do with zero G situations either. Will they adapt quickly or will they struggle to struggle with the floating? I don't know. They can't consent to it, which bothers me. You know well, what I mean? None like, of the other animals. Yeah, animal testing is uh, fucking weird. Well, it, it's weird. Listen, my father was a butcher. Okay. I'm not. I'm not a, a twee animal rights person. Although if you are, God bless. Thank you for being in the world. I. But what I am saying is that for some reason a primate like a like a chimpanzee right. or no I, I i would want them to consent you know what i mean Just but like you're right no animal can like i would i wouldn't up. let my cat go to space i'd be like no sir you can't even take flea medicine you're allergic to that you're not made for the streets or the space sheets well like, you you wouldn't let your cat go to space if someone else was like can we take your cat to space but if your cat just middle of the night like you're you're in bed and then you feel like kind of a cold little nose like on your cheek and you you open one eye and then your cat just very seriously goes I want to go to fucking space <laughs> like you'd be like okay you know mm, no I probably wouldn't I'd really? be like no you're real dumb you're not allowed to do that <laughs> but it just talked you just found out your cat can talk actually he would be like I really want to go back to where I'm from because I have I have theories that my cat is just a little alien in a fur thing like he's not he's it, he needs biscuits in the air upside down while sucking his own chest fur. Like he's not. He okay, is, in the sure. words of Hank Hill, the boy ain't right. And <laughs> right, right, fair. So yeah, so he might. If he did that, I'd be like, fair enough. You've you've been on the Earth for too long. Let's send you back, tiny cat mork. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> well, there's a chance if these monkeys don't take to uh, space sex. Um, there's a there's certainly a chance that um, they could uh, stay here on Earth and jerk off. 
Yeah. Well, hang on. It, it, before you there's, get there's before you move on to this next story, I do want to say. Oh, sorry. Because there is one paragraph here that talks about the challenges of having sex in space, including the logistics, and it does say in this article, uh, staying in close contact with each other under zero g is hard. But also, as astronauts experience lower blood pressure while in space, maintaining erections and arousal are more problematic than here on Earth. That's what this article in Futurism okay. says. Mystery solved. Okay. Science, guys. Science. Hell yeah. So, I mean, it'd have to be, right? Because, like, imagine, like, Neil Armstrong. Like, you're the first person on the moon. Like, I'd be so hard. But, like, he's not, he's, like, not able to... Like that, that Rubik's Cube kid, just like instant. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like you're about to be the first person stepping on the moon, but like his, it's not like his dick was like banging on the ladder on the way down, you know? Who's, who's the first person to fuck the moon? Do we know? <laughs> oh, that it's, happened like when they sent up those carts, right? Like that's why they drove out to further craters to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just like they pulled over at a lookout spot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Just>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the problem is, is there's no, everything's real dry out there. So how are you going to make that happen? Well, you've never tried to turn the moon on, you know? <laughs> That's true. You know what? I classically never foreplay with the moon, so. <laughs> yep. yep, classic Anna. <laughs> Listen, I'm just imagining that panel of um, uh, Dr. Manhattan sitting on the moon from uh, from the Watchmen, but he just has an, a, ma- a massive boner. And then I was like, oh, that already exists for sure. That fanfic exists. That was Mars, oh, yeah. right? Dr. Was... Manhattan went to Mars. Let's not... Oh, I thought he was on the moon. Was it Mars? Mars sounds right. I can picture blue Mars, and red. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's, a good, that's a good color scheme. But like, yeah. I, that's yeah, he's hilarious. sitting on Mars. Yeah, he's on Mars. So do you think they're going to artificially inseminate them? Well, I think part of yeah, the experiment is just... Yeah, why aren't they just doing just, that? Well, because they also want to see if the mating itself is... Uh, sure. You know, uh, if that's going to be wow. hindered. Because that's, that's part of the experimental yeah, question. Yeah, can you... Because can you, so, I mean, so much like will, uh, you know, just in mammals, like will will semen travel that will Like will it... Would it happen? Yeah. Right, I'm trying to guess... Uh, what might go wrong in utero because of no gravity but i have no idea how stuff works in there and whether well and i can attest to you the medical community also has no idea how stuff works in there they're just it is a practice man they're trying to figure that shit out so <laughs> uh, well i'm sure gravity has immense like of of course gravity would have so much to do with forming a viable mm-hmm. fetus like i don't know maybe not Maybe not. Maybe I. I don't know. I mean, I think wouldn't shit grow just insane? It would just be insane. Why? You think that gravity is what tells a gene like which? No, no. Gravity is not tell a gene, but but uh, the development of those fibers and everything. I feel like the resistance of gravity has to do with so much growth of like if you're if your womb is trying to form a baby with everything that's going on with your blood and your muscles like it's just constant atrophy i i just it's actually it, again a critical plot point in the like expanse universe is that what's the expanse people, universe so um it's um the leviathan wake series was written by james a Corey, which is actually two people um 
And James and Corey. James and Corey, yes. And um, they uh, worked for R.R. Martin. So it's sort of like the... Uh, it's Game of Thrones in space, basically. Um, but, like, they still have editors, so their last books actually read well. <laughs> and uh, that's right. I threw some shade. I read Dance of Dragons. I want my life back. Um, but, uh, yeah, so mm. it's a... Um, it's a, like... Uh, one of the, so basically there's it's about classism at the end of the day but there's three groups of people you have earthers you have people raised on Mars and then you have people raised on the belt and they have physical differences based on the gravity conditions that they're raised in okay. so like like everyone earthers have like the most gravity conditions and then like the martians they train to actually like they live under fewer gravity conditions but they actually like train to survive like high g space travel so they like because they're more they're sort of like israel in space they're like a militaristic society and then you have um and then you have your uh, uh belters which are like your uh people who live in the asteroid belts and they um, have their economic conditions are different. So they're like you're kind of like low economic class and they end up growing like a long bone structure because they don't have any of the uh, muscle fiber tension from uh, from gravity. So they like can take medicine to like help it. But in general, they end up very like physiologically different than um, the other two groups of people. And so they're, they're very much stuck on the belt. Like Martians can adapt to living on earth and earth can adapt to living on Mars, but belters are on the belt. And that's I've always like, said that about belters. Always said it. Yeah. You know, well, just like always a belter. Belt a lot baby. Like it, they become like the people you're, you're, you're fighting for in the, in the story because they, you know, they can't like, fight for themselves. Yeah, exactly. And like, um, they're basically the mineral resources. So they're basically like, if you were to call it like earth, right. They're the Latin America of that space saga. So like you have like the America, America, which would be earth, right. You've got like, like USA, right. Colonial, like white colonialism is sort of like earth. Right. And then you've is, got, is Latin America the number one resource? No, well, also like place, third world like... countries in general, like, like Africa and, and, you know, um, places where they're mining a lot of minerals. Yeah. No, that's what I mean. I just didn't, yeah. I just didn't yeah, know yeah. if I You're just, correct. Yes. I didn't know if yeah. South America and I, like, I didn't know if it was, if there well, was more they, mining than Africa the, getting yeah, the, the, mined out. The book and the show universe has its own language and it's sort of like a pigeon Creole, um, Spanish hybrid so that's kind of why i went in that direction because there's a lot of spanish in their dialect but um yes it's also like it's also an allegory for like africa like parts of africa that are being like mined to death we see you elon musk we see you i feel like we've uh, almost got to a too sophisticated point in the show to go back to a story about monkeys wanking <laughs> i want more yeah. monkeys but, but that's but it relates to it that's immediately well, where i went i'll, I I'll tell like, you oh, what yeah, though yeah, yeah. it's yeah. it's june and it's pride month right yeah. Pride Month. Yeah. And uh, there's a big upheaval right now um, because you know how like uh, like Target had like specials. You know, they got backlash yeah. for, yeah, yeah, for yeah. wishing people happy Pride. Well, and then immediately caved. They did exactly. immediately cave. But you know Fuck who you, Target. <laughs> you know who did not cave despite having what we think is a more anti-Pride fan base? NASCAR. NASCAR wow. wished everybody happy Pride. 
and uh, you know death threats and the whole shit. And they're like, nope, happy pride, <clears throat> and yeah. uh, very Good very interesting. Did, did did you guys know that racing drivers blink at the same point when going around a track? Do they train for that? Uh, <clears throat> no. Synchronized blinking may reflect a certain cognitive state that professional racers have when controlling a fast-moving car. This is a new scientist story that was sent in by Andrew Davis on Twitter. So thanks, Andrew. Thank you, Andrew. Um, Different racing drivers blink at around the same points in a circuit, which could reflect their synchronized mental states as they concentrate on controlling the car. Blinking lubricates our eyes. But how it links to other aspects of our health are unclear Studying this further can help us understand conditions where blinking rates change, such as Parkinson's disease. We generally blink 12 times per minute, with each blink lasting around one-third of a second. Our blinking rate has been linked to the attention we give a certain task, uh, with some people blinking less when they concentrate on a screen. Many people think that blinking is done solely to moisten the eyes, but only a few blinks per minute suffice for this purpose, says Ryota Nishizono at NTT Communication Science Labs in Atsugi, Japan. At uh, a study how driving could influence blinking, Nishizono and his colleagues looked at three professional male drivers working for a Formula racing team. The drivers carried out 304 practice laps of three circuits in Japan, Fuji, Suzuka, and Sugo. A binocular eye tracker mounted on their helmets recorded their blinking counted by machine learning so then uh, they get it in there they analyze this data and although the blinking frequency of the drivers differed they generally blinked at around the same points on each circuit with their rate of blinking decreasing as they drove faster nishizono says the team was initially surprised to see how much consistent blinking patterns across to see such consistent blinking patterns sorry across the three drivers, but as their steering patterns were similar in each circuit, it's probably to be expected that their cognitive states and therefore perhaps their blinking somewhat synchronized. Factors affecting the timing of eye blinks are numerous and not fully understood, says Omar Maru of University College London. Better understanding blinking could increase our knowledge of conditions such as Parkinson's, which is associated with a reduced blinking rate, and blepharospasm, which is eyelid twitching, or blinking that a person can't control. It sounds like when you're tired and your eyes kind of twitch sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That. Yeah. That's what it is. Blepharospasm. Because I get that doing? sometimes when I'm when I'm I get that. That's wiped out. Do, do you guys get the full body twitch like as yes. you're falling asleep? Oh yeah, I think mm-hmm. everyone gets I get, I get, that. And then you, and then you no, and then you kind of let your brain constructs a story in your head as to why it happened. Like you suddenly wake up and go like, oh, I was dreaming that I fell down a hole or something or. On I don't. Up. I just know it was the weird switch thing. But mine, mine are like quite violent. Like it's quite a yeah. violent, full like, bleh, you know. I try to treat it like it's like I've gone on a circus ride by myself. Just like, <laughs> whoa, okay, <we're> <laughs> you know. But like, I okay. I have a. Can I nerd out just for a second? Okay, come on. No, this is not the show for that. <laughs> okay, is. so yeah, go for it. My, so my dad died of a very rare, like, uh, Parkinson's, like, illness called multiple systems atrophy. It was a very long time ago. Oof. You know, rest in peace. But um, one of the things that they used to say is, you know, ironically, if you were to, like, throw a baseball at him, he probably would catch it. But he couldn't, like, control his fine motor skills, like, on the day-to-day. So, like, walking, blinking, that kind of stuff. Um, so on a very basic level, we had to kind of like attend to that kind of thing toward the end. And, um, and the other thing 
is uh, I have a black belt in karate. Hear me out. <clears throat> of course. Oh yeah, we never even mentioned this. This is this oh, is, yeah. this is yes, another teach, one of your jobs. This is this is not a job. This is a passion. I don't get paid for it. I teach kids karate on the weekends. Um, <laughs> sometimes wow. I get paid for it. I've taught workshops. In fact, oh my god, I've been asked to go to a sex dungeon and teach. Um, proper ball kicking and self-defense yes. to sex workers so this is going to be great why, why does uh, it have to be in the sex dungeon because that's the space that they're renting it's for a birthday party too like every part of it gets weirder and weirder and weirder but i'm very excited because i get to teach people how like how to kick without hurting themselves well every like birthday i always do a self-defense demonstration exactly uh, yeah yeah classic, that's very common in japan cl classic actually. birthday classic birthday yeah um but anyway uh yeah so a lot of times we think about in martial arts you think about when you're gonna blink and when you're gonna breathe like very basic parts of your um your body you're trying to kind of control the whole time so that's why they all have that kind of like bug-eyed blood sport kind of stare into nowhere it's actually trying to utilize your peripheral vision at all times and um, control your blinking so that's why i was like oh are they training for that because you know maybe certain points of the track it's safer to blink as opposed to not blinking you know like but mm. also to the adrenaline of it because it's like when you are really I, have you any of you trained in uh, martial arts or boxing or anything like that i mean mm -hmm. i did judo when i was 10 does that count because i got up to yeah. i think yellow belt so pretty high oh, standards i love that they all get up to yellow belt it's so cute how far um, up the run of the, how, how far from the bottom or top is that that's the next uh, one yeah, that's like one after white oh, oh yeah exactly it's like you can stand and yeah. breathe <laughs> and tie your belt and like that's that's kind of it. Hey, you like, play membership. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I'm, hey. I'm obviously a trained <clears throat> trained killing machine, but I, I'm not allowed to talk about it. You know. Okay. So, yeah. 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 I can't yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. You and Tony next door. Yeah. 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 No, I'm. I, yeah. 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 So like, but like, there's when you're sparring, like when you're in competition or you're sparring or doing something that is that's maybe your adrenaline is running a little higher. You do blink less. You just blink less it's it's because you're um that like tunnel vision state like the fight or flight your limbic system like all up in your um your amygdala mm -hmm. it's like on and ready to run from a wildebeest at any time right and so like that's what's kind of getting activated um mike tyson described it as shapes in space so he's just sort of looking for shapes in space rather than thinking about specific combinations you're just looking for openings to punch right. that's also that's just like how he talks though like, yeah, that is true. He, that it's is like, true. It's one of the like ten words. So it's like <laughs> pigeons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> pigeons. Face tattoos. <laughs> you didn't know about that? He had a show about raising pigeons. Uh, yeah, no, I did. I did not know that. <laughs> That's like a real thing. But yeah, so um, but yeah, so it's that. Uh, you're right. I mean. I've been hitting the head a lot. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, but um, no, but... no. I mean that makes sense. It makes sense to me that during yeah. uh, moments of extreme adrenaline or panic yeah. attack or whatever, there's there's less blinking. That makes sense to me. Uh, the interesting thing I think here is that it's in the same point in the, the track same location, which makes me wonder: is it? That's why I'm like, I wonder if it's certain turns or something. Like, I, I want to know the location on the track. Is it in the article? It does uh, not no, no say map, this, but it might. 
Uh, does it link to the original story? Let's see. Well, you know who really would have thrown this study off, you guys? Is, it, is uh, uh, Michael, Michael Caine. Michael Caine <laughs> was out there. Uh, Michael Caine Wait. says he spent eight years trying not to blink. What? Uh, they thought Why? I was a psychopath. I used to frighten the life out of people, he says. Um, he read it in an acting book. Yeah. Oh, God. Yep. Uh, the veteran star of more than 130 films picked up a tip from the book Teach Yourself Acting. He said, one thing that stuck in my mind was, don't blink. You must never blink. And for the next eight years, I walked around trying not to blink. Uh, I have a theory that if someone doesn't blink enough or they blink too much, nope. Get it. Yeah, can't trust them. It's got to be in between. Well, that's got to be in between. I think that's the logic of the acting tip. Like I remember, I, I found this article. I just googled Michael Caine and blinking because I remember reading an article. I think it was. Um, oh God, what's so you the- got? Va- Vainy astronauts. Michael Caine blinking. <laughs> Vainy astronauts. Does Michael Caine blink? <laughs> <laughs> but he was giving advice to um, God. Who's that fuck up former child actor who was in? Um, Honey Boy and Transformers. And he goes, no, 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 a lot. Come on. Uh, LaBeouf? LaBeouf. Thank you. Jesus. Yeah. What has happened to my trivia brain? Uh, Shia LaBeouf, when he was like new to the game, there was an interview with him in the AV club, and he was talking about how, how much he'd learned from Michael Caine. But really, all, all he could point to was just Michael Caine told him not to blink. At least if the character is supposed to be trustworthy, never blink. And if you want them to be very untrustworthy or very suspicious, like have them blink a lot. Which, you know, I sort of that. intuitively makes sense as yeah as a character on film. I don't know. If someone's just staring at me too much, I'm like, mm-mm, nope. Yeah, it's threatening, but it's not like they're... But it's alpha, not beta, certainly. Well, as a fellow alpha, you know, my whole thing is like, yeah, you know. Um, <laughs> I got a flex on them. Anyway, I'm kidding. Um, not really. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, you're going to crush this birthday party defense demonstration. It's yeah. going to be, like, amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I, still, I still can't, like, are you teaching them how to kick people in the balls for self-defense or f- so that when if they are paid to kick someone in the balls, they can do it safely without hurting themselves? Both. So okay. here's what happened. Okay. I was uh, at the Jewish Community Center, and they were hosting a queer fleet market. Not kidding. And I go by and I see three what is that, women in... What does that mean? So I'm it's sorry. just like a That's craft okay. fair, basically, like a bunch of people like... The vendors are yes, queer are or queer. these are queer yes. items being yeah. sold? Both. Um, <laughs> so it was like a lot of like art and stuff for the LBGTQ okay. community by the LBGTQ community. And this is super fun super fun thing and um I so was it's more of like a craft fair type thing like yeah it was a craft fair exactly okay because when i think of flea market it'd be like a, it'd be like this shoe box full of old electrical sockets is queer ah! you know and you'd be like okay i don't <laughs> I've know i've decided it's gay <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> okay i feel like that's a man who's also wearing the overalls you guys hoped i would wear on the trolley <laughs> I just like come here. <laughs> okay, so so you're you're down there and somebody's I'm down like, there working, watching the cameras, and I see a couple of women in Doc Martin like platform like kind of date shoes. They're not really like they're not really like performance shoes. And I see them kicking kind of randomly. And I had just got done with karate class, and I walk by and I go, "Hey, can I offer you a tip?" Um, when you are doing this, pick up your knee first and then contract your pelvic floor and then push your hip forward and you'll get more leverage. 
and they were like oh my god do you teach this and i was like yes and then they were like would you want to teach that to sex workers that do cock and ball torture and i was like okay (laughs) and then i forgot about it and then a dm comes in like you know a few like a few weeks ago and they were like how much would you charge if we did this so the first half of the class is going to be like um for the sex workers and then the second half of the class some um subs have volunteered as tribute to be punching bags okay so a very similar thing happened to me once when i was i was at a at a queer flea market and i was putting out a cigarette on a leather coin purse (laughs) and some people said well I know every everything I tell about my work life sounds like a fucking mad lib and I don't know what to do about it anymore other than just be like this is my life <laughs> you know like whatever wow. so yeah yeah so uh so that's what the, I'll let you guys ha- I'll let you know how it goes it has not occurred yet um i went with a very low price um right how does one decide their rate for the cock and ball torture kicking i texted like three four people and then finally somebody reached out to a sex worker and there's a lot of like rules in that community around like accessibility for people of color and so um as the people contracting me are people of color i decided to go with a lower rate but bring a tip board with like venmo cash app you know cash whatever if you want to tip me you can go ahead and tip so me. sort and of I'm like sure pay, pay, pay what you think kind of pay money. what you can yeah, yeah. like I, I do the same thing with merch on the road and i actually do really well um, so it's like it's one of those things of like pay what you can and um and also too like i'm sure the subs will probably be told to pony up i was gonna oh, yeah. say like they're getting uh they're getting too too good of a deal just getting kicked in the nuts for free <laughs> Yeah, that's going to be a whole different thing. Yeah, that's like a whole different, like, I don't know what to expect for that because that's like not like I, you know, one of the reasons why you train in martial arts is like to, I don't like, I don't want to hurt people. That's not the, I'm not like fucking Steven Seagal. I'm not a monster. Like, I want to like, I want to like protect people and I want to feel safe in my body. And that's how I teach from is like, we, we seek to feel safe in our body and in control of our body. And like, so, so it are, is. So are you worried it'll be too strong of a. Yeah. Like, how do you like, like I mean, safely. Like, Cause I mean, you could, I, you could really mess someone's old, uh, the old uh, scrot up, you know? Uh, apparently we've had conversations. The one of them was mad because they were at a, uh, an expo a S&M expo sure. and was being used for a cock and ball torture uh, demonstration, got kicked. It broke the skin and um, he couldn't participate for the rest of the weekend. He was like, they wouldn't like the organizers would not allow him to participate until he was healed. Uh, and he was very upset about that. So, oh, because he liked the skin break. He was like, no, yeah. keep, keep going. Wow. So apparently they're like, do your worst. Uh, it'll just be more about like, how i process it i'll probably just focus on you know the technique of the people like the actual dominatrixes like kicking. sure yeah so um so that's gonna be like a whole other level sorry this podcast got real weird no guys. i'm just <laughs> yeah. once again head. we've got too far away from monkeys wanking and <laughs> yep. this is like you know we're right back at monkeys <laughs> wanking let's be fair and um yeah so it is um yeah 
here we are. Um, yeah, I'm going to do that. But that's, I say all that to say, blinking, breathing, small biological things, like all of that stuff, that's kind of a thing that they do in all martial arts disciplines is you're trying to like not go into a weird blinking fit in the middle of, it's sort of like sneezing and driving. You're trying not to do that. Have you ever sneezed in while driving? Right. And then like in the pro- yeah. There are those horrifying calculations of how far you can travel with your eyes shut during the sneeze. Yeah, it's terrifying. And it's like, what if I, like, I sneeze a lot, you know? So, like, sneezing and driving, it's sort of, you're trying to prevent that in a high-stress situation. I'm a, I'm a peppercorn delivery man, and it's a nightmare. <laughs> oh, wow! No. What if I was like, oh, I also was a peppercorn delivery man, you know? <laughs> No, no, I just, uh, <laughs> I, that's so funny. I yeah, love that. That's I, so funny. uh, I transport large buckets of pollen all day and, uh, while I drive, mm, yeah, a cat dander, a cat dander distributor. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah, I do. Exactly. Yeah. Just shaking cats. That's what I, no, it's, it's actually two, two S and M people. Uh, they, all, they're like, you know, yeah, people have, a thing. some people have an allergic reaction fetish and listen, you know, if you can think it, it exists. You eat the peanut. Um. Yeah. Yeah, if you can think it, it exists. Somebody Google it right now. You know it exists. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, we, sh- yeah. we should wrap up the main episode, I think, <laughs> on that note. No, I was trying save to think of the worst segue ever, patients. but then I was like, no, this, this works, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Anna, Anna, where can our listeners find you to go and see your comedy and or hire you to teach good kicking skills? Yes, you can find me at AnnaValenzuela.com. Um, I have a whole website. I'm revamping it. Um, and that's it's, so it's going to be extra pretty, but go there. You can also find me at, at Anna V. That's Anna with two N's. Anna V is funny on all social media. Awesome. So, yeah, I don't have a podcast right now, but I have podcasted in the past 12 questions. It's on the Unpops Network and there's an archive. Um, well, get get on that. You can find us. ProbablyScience.com is our website. You can find us on Twitter at ProbablyScience and individually at Andy T. Wood, at Jesse Case and at Matt Kirshen. ProbablyScience at gmail.com is the email address for any questions, comments, clarifications and stories you would like us to cover. So get those in and... Also, PropertyScience.com is where we have our PayPal and Patreon links. There'll be an extra bonus story for our Patreon patrons. Uh, But Anna, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. This was so fun. And thank you for your patience with my audio difficulties. (laughs) It's all great. I just so appreciate you guys. This was really fun. Oh, you're awesome. Completely up my alley, obviously. I talked too much, but it was so fun. Thank you so much. There's not such a thing as too much. So thank you. No. And listeners, (laughs) bye. 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 Bye.